Hello, Four Star Nation. Uh, I am Brandon Bumgarner. With me today is Jonathan Sturdivant, uh, and we have a special guest today, Brad Carsons from 92.9 FM ESPN. Brad, we're glad to have you on the show today. Um, Tigers got a big win just a little bit earlier against Cincinnati, and our St. Louis Cardinals finally played a baseball game in front of people. I know it was a meaningless spring training game, but they got to play today. Uh, Other than that, how are you doing? I'm great, man. The Cardinals just tied so i guess that's pretty cool right it, they had no business tying the nationals in their first preseason game because they have apparently they have this rollover inning rule now where you just if uh jack Flaherty's having a bad inning you just say you know what we're done pitching we're gonna go to the next inning so so they did it in the first inning and then uh there you go and then of course the tigers won it's good to be on thanks for having me yeah not a problem man um so you are the uh producer for the Jason John show at 92.9. You're also the station uh, manager. Yeah. I'm the brand and operations manager, if you will. So if the guys have any questions or they need help with something technical, uh, a lot of logistics management, uh, doing a lot of relationship and stuff with the business office, marketing and the back end. And really that's my primary job at the station. Um, Most of the Memphis public probably knows my role being on the air with with Gary for a lot of years and then producing Jason and John show now in the midday. So, um, but the majority of my day is spent on a lot of logistics and work like that. And just trying to get the guys, all the tools they need to get, get their stuff done on the air. So, That's awesome. That's awesome. John, do you have any questions? Yeah, Brad, just talking about your 92.9 background, like what you, what got you into radio? Like how did it all start? Like from what age did you really think that you'd probably be on radio? Yeah. Um, so when I was in high school and I was a kid, I listened to KMOX in St. Louis. I grew up in Southern Illinois listening to Cardinal baseball like a lot of people. Um, but I also listened to music radio. I listened to Casey, which is a big rock station in St. Louis, and grew up on music radio in St. Louis as well. And then I listened to a couple of small stations in the middle of a cornfield that used to call my basketball game. So, you know, you do a high school basketball game in Illinois, and they actually call those games on the radio stations. So you'd be in the bus and they'd tape delay it and I'd listen back on my headphones. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of dweeby, but it's like, you know, you just played the basketball game and you're like, wow, I can listen to that. That's kind of cool. So, um, you know, I got into it in an early age and then I went in, on a college visit and found a college up near Chicago um, called North Central College. And they had a college radio station. that was really good. I worked there. And then did also worked at a commercial station. And it happened to be that station that I used to listen to in the middle of a cornfield, listening to my own uh, broadcasts when I was in high school basketball. So, you know, I got into it when I was 17, 18 years old in college and then working at that station. I did an internship in St. Louis um, and then I paid my dues, you know, worked minimum wage for four or five years doing everything from calling radio, basketball games, baseball games for high school games. Um, and then I was a DJ on the air at a full service radio station. It'd be like being on in Covington, basically, you know, or something like gotcha. that. Um, and then I moved to Las Vegas and took a chance on, I decided to go to graduate school at UNLV because I grew up a uh, Jared Tarkanian and a, and a huge basketball fan watching that on ESPN. And of all things, I sent off a uh, resume and a, and a, uh, I took my GRE and all that stuff to get into graduate school. And I got an assistantship at UNLV, you know, I could have, went to a couple of schools and the one that gave me an assistantship was in Vegas of all places. So I'm like, that's where I'm going. Oh yeah. Uh, I'll take it. Um, you know, I'm 20, 21 years old. I, I actually finished up college a little early. Um, I'm not claiming to be Josh Pastner, but I did get done a little early. 
And so I went to Vegas. I finished my master's degree. And by that time, I started working for CBS Radio in Las Vegas uh, as a DJ. And then I did other things. I taught a class in mass communication at UNLV. And then I worked at the new NASCAR track they built in Las Vegas. And, oh, wow. you know, by the time I was 23, 24 years old, I'm like, well, this is great, but I need to try to move up and, and do something on my own if it's going to be of substance, whether it's a bigger market as a disc jockey or an on-air talent or programming a radio station. And there was a, a guy in Las Vegas named Scott who recruited me to be a program director. And he said, we've got an opening in Atlantic City, New Jersey to program a station called The Shore. And I'm like, well, I'll go to another gambling town. Um, and the station looked pretty awesome. Um, it was a station a lot like a lot like FM 100. And so I moved from Vegas when I was 24 to Atlantic City. And then um, after about three or four years, I got a couple opportunities offered to me. One was at Sirius XM. And then I got offered the job in Memphis. And I wanted to be closer to my family in St. Louis. So I was single at the time and moved here to work for Intercom, which is the company that owns Radio.com and 92.9. And um, the rest is sort of history. I started here at the Buzz. Uh, we bought FM 100 and we flipped the Buzz's format to a classic hit station. And now it's called 941 The Wolf. And I've had some, some assistance with that station, obviously, as Gary used to clown me for being a country music fan, Cowboy Carson. And then, uh, and then also, and then we started in, in 2009. My boss here in Memphis, you know, and this is after I met my wife and kind of got some roots, and I was going to be here for a while. And so my boss came and saw me and he said, Hey, um, we're going to put sports on the FM dial, you know, would you like to program that station and manage it? And so that's when we launched 92.9. We uh, hired Gary and I started working with Gary and we added three more shows and added the Grizzlies and it's, it's been quite a ride. So that's kind of the story. That's the long story since we're on a podcast or a, a video stream here. I thought I'd give you the, the longer form of it, Jonathan. No, you're good, man. This is that I, I was going to tell you, like I told you in a text message earlier today, I was like, you know, this is how I really got into broadcasting because guys like y'all, Gary, um, Jason Smith. I know Jason Smith since the prep days. Yeah. He covered it for Commercial Pill. So, just a long story short, I did broadcasting right after high school, and I made the basketball team at Barlow High School growing up. So, uh, you know, it's long story short, I used to cover Brandon's baseball games while he was at Cordova. That's how I really got to know Brandon you know, oh, okay. as a baseball player. So I yeah. covered him playing Barlett in baseball. And Brandon can probably tell you the story how uh, we reconnected, but that's a different story for another day unless he wants to share it. But, uh, yeah, so that's how me and Brandon, you know, got to know each other over the years because I covered his baseball games back in high school. And then, you know, me and Wes grew up basically going to third. We've known each other since third grade due to, you know, going to like elementary school, middle school, and high school games, and we see each other at Tiger football games. And then me and Wes used to leave, like, not even go to school on like a Friday. Yeah. And we, like, go to Louisville or, like, New Orleans for, like, Memphis football road trips. So well, this is how I met Brandon because Brandon is the biggest yeah. fan in Memphis. I am convinced. <laughs> let me just put this out there. And this is why I agreed to come on here. No disrespect, Jonathan. But yeah. Brandon is a maniac. Like, Brandon goes to the Cardinal Caravan. Brandon goes to all the games. Brandon calls the hotline. Like Brandon is, I don't think I'm overstating this. The man might be the biggest super fan in Memphis, and we have the biggest <laughs> super fans in Memphis. Um, and by I the way, shout out to yeah. Jackson who just popped on the live stream to say hello. Jackson, yeah, absolutely. Jackson, Jackson yeah. Mars is a friend of a uh, friend of the yeah. show. He he watches every every show. So, yeah, Brad, yeah. Uh, those were great words uh, you said about me. I, and I don't do it just to be a 
fan. I know you don't. Myself. I do yeah. it. I do it because I want to support the guys that are playing playing on the field, on the on the court, anything like that. And I just love sports. I grew up around it my whole life. I played sports my whole life. And for me to give back to college kids, you know, that are playing a basketball game means the world to me because they see how much I support them. And I'd like to see, and I know Memphis has a great, great, great fan base as far as the Grizzlies, Tigers, everything yeah. like that. Um, but I just, I just like to see fans get more involved like myself. Um, but yeah, yeah and, and I, uh, think, I think that's exciting. I mean, that's why I did it too, Brandon, not to interrupt you, but like I get super passionate about it because I think like, that's why I'm into music. I like going to concerts. I like going mm-hmm. to parties. Like my dad, I, I wasn't one of these kids who had to be was pushed by his dad because my dad didn't give a crap about me playing basketball or baseball, but I did it. Um, but I just like the party. <laughs> you know? But yeah, that's how ten years ago. That's how I met Brandon on the baseball field for Cordova. Yeah, like I said, and you know, it started getting more serious. What like right, right after you played high school baseball or your senior year of high school baseball, I was like, you know what? I can see Brandon go to each sporting event. Each concert, uh, each basically travel with the Tigers like he did a couple of years ago with Ryan Ladley and drove down to Orlando yeah. for that conference championship. And I'm like, you know what? We drive. need more people like Brandon to dance on that camera yeah. and everything like that too at football games, basketball games, you know. I was like, I got to get Brandon on board with our show because Brandon <laughs> brings the energy every week. Brad, you can go even fast rewind back to our uh, – UCF game this past year. Yeah. And Brandon's like, lock of the week. No, 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 no. Not no lock of the week. Lock of the year. You know, I guarantee like to win that. in that, that game. And we, we came back and won. But they got yeah, Brad, it. Yeah, they uh, won it. It was great. Let's get to the Tiger uh, basketball game today. So, sure. uh, the first half, they they looked decent. Um, now, it, it wasn't anything that we, really wanted but they played great defense they limited turnovers now they did have eight turnovers in the first what 10 minutes of the game it was pretty ugly well the second half they came out swinging they looked like a completely different team that the defense was there they were hitting shots on offense and then you get to the last what 30 seconds of the game yeah and they just started to struggle did you see just a just an independent tangible that happened right there for uh, it to get that close. I think it's a road game, and it just got close. It happens. I thought they played great in the second half. I mean, Nolly hit that big three on the key. Um, they came back. They played defense. Boogie hit a bunch of free throws. You know, Penny once again played all like ten dudes. I mean, take Alo out. We're still going to get ten dudes in the game. So you know, you could say that they had maybe too many guys in the rotation again, but. I don't have much to complain about. You beat Cincinnati on the road. We haven't beat Cincinnati on the road in a long time. That's a good team with a winning record in conference who's really fighting to, to get relevancy. Um, I thought it was a big win, and I didn't I didn't really nitpick too much of the closeness of the second half after the first half. The bigs played great. Uh, now, Dandridge had a couple of bad turnovers. You know, Musa did the same thing. Um but the bigs played great, and despite bad shooting, they came out with a pretty good win there. I was pretty happy with it. I don't know. Did you did you guys see much? I mean, I, they didn't shoot great, obviously, but th- I thought the defense was still pretty decent. I mean, I caught, the second half, I caught the second half due to work because I worked till like, 12 o'clock today. Yeah. But what I saw was basically a little bit more team ball, you know, at yeah. times because we slowed it down at times. We also um, – 
we had 18 offensive rebounds, so that's a good sign at times. So if we ever miss shots, we had 18 yeah. offensive rebounds for the game. And and Rob Rob brings up something I almost tweeted, and I'm sure a m- many of us who are super fans almost tweeted Rob's tweet here, which is addition by subtraction today without Alo question mark thought the ball moved better without him. You you might say that, although I I think that Alo is needed in in this rotation, and we've gone back and forth on 92.9 about is is Alo what's his role. You know, and should he be starting, not starting? He's clearly part of this rotation. He plays great defense. He's usually steady at the end of games. And um, for them to play that well, you know, I, I thought I thought it was a good win. And I, Alo needs to be part of this team, though, I think. I just don't think they need to go as deep in the rotation. Maybe eight dudes, nine dudes, you know, and that, that's my thing. If, I mean, like you said, you know, look. If you – and I – I know it's not going to happen because it's his son. I love Jaden to death. Jaden brings energy out there on the floor, but you have to yeah. limit his minutes. Um, mm-hmm. Other guards need need his minutes, and yeah. it's it's hard not to be able to play your son, especially because Jaden is a talented player. He just doesn't hit his stride every single game. You know, to start the yeah. year he played great, um, and he's just kind of struggled the last few games. He had that fadeaway three against Tulane uh, mm-hmm. last game, and. Everything and he, he plays good defense as well, but you have to have offensive playmakers out there at all times. That's why Boogie needed the ball in his hands today. That's why Nolly needed the ball in his hands today. But I'll tell you the one person who surprised me out of anybody today was Malcolm Dandridge. Malcolm yeah. Dandridge looked like a completely different basketball player out there today, and he mm-hmm. was awesome. His the two man game between DeAndre Williams and Malcolm Dandridge was just unbelievable to watch today. I had a lot of fun watching that. It reminded me of Joey Dorsey and Robert Dozier. I mean, yeah. I'm not comparing those two guys to those guys, but yeah. that's kind of what I felt like I was watching out there today. Yeah. No, and I think if they play tough, they can beat Houston at Houston, and maybe we can we can make hay here. I mean, I just looked up while we were talking about turnovers because we were talking about turnovers, and we've talked a lot about that on 92.9. Mm-hmm. They only have 15 turnovers today. That's how many Cincinnati had, so they turned them over. If they can stay even with the team on turnovers and, and only turn the book – I know that's still a lot of turnovers, but, um, you know, better than 20 plus, you know, um, you can say Alo was out of the lineup. Does Alo turn the ball over too much? Maybe so. Um, I don't think it's addition by subtraction with Alo though, which is going to, a lot of people are going to say that. Um, But I thought it was a good win. What do you guys think of the Houston thing and and that that whole storyline? Well, real quick, before we talk about that, that's a different story. For real, yeah. I'm, for I'm, I'm, taking, yeah. I'm, I'm driving here for a second. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're like, it's called a three. No, uh, right. Yeah. So basically, what I thought about the game was also like you said, 15 turnovers, but three of those turnovers came like in the last 45 seconds of the ball game. Yeah. But, uh, you know, what who stood out to me was Boogie Ellis, like Brandon said, 17 points, two assists. And what I love most, he had seven rebounds. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, DeAndre Williams, you know, 10 assists on 10 points. And he also had seven re- or seven rebounds yeah. as well. Yeah. So getting seven rebounds from a guard, like no matter what uh, base or basketball, seven rebounds for a guard is key. Like Josh Pastner used to say, everybody needs to rebound. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, and when you got Landers, Nolly, and DeAndre Williams rebounding in, this, in the game like that, that's tremendous. And the other thing about the turnovers, to your point, Jonathan – I agree with you. I would rather see, and this is what you said too, Brandon. I'd rather see Malcolm Dandridge sort of bumbling a ball and it going out of bounds like we saw once there early in the second mm-hmm. half, and that being a turnover versus 
you know, a, a half court cross court pass where we're just throwing the ball out of bounds, trying to beat the press. You know, it's, it's just, just way unforced, more encouraging. Unforced things yeah. that we're doing to ourselves. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's and, the and worst we still, we, you know, if yeah. you limit those turnovers, you have like maybe 10 a game. You don't have 20. And, and, or- and I think having the tall guards throwing across the court is easier than no disrespect to Alo, the short guard, you know, like you're not, you're not. So Maybe that's some of it, but all in all, the, the guys played tremendous. Now, I don't know what the status of Alo is, so that'll be interesting, Brandon. Yeah, he. Uh, they said he has a boot on his left ankle. Um, yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a ankle sprain. I'm not sure if it happened in practice. or uh, I know it. I don't believe it happened in the two-lane game, so mm-hmm. it had to have been practice or just a freak accident. I think he'll be ready um, by next Sunday uh, when they play Houston. I think they'll mm-hmm. sit him for the South Florida game. Houston, I just looked up the score while we were talking. Houston is putting yeah. it on South Florida right now. It's like 61 to 25. It, it, it's not even a ball game. But, yeah, so you were talking about Houston. I actually called into the show on Friday when y'all were taking mm-hmm. calls, and I said, and, and because I'm a Broncos fan, it hurts me to say this, but Al Davis, just win, baby. Yeah, All Memphis controls their own destiny right now. They have to win. We could sit here and cry about the game being moved down to Houston from Memphis. We could sit here and cry about not being able to make up that game, which I do think that's a valid argument. You should have either been able to make up the Wichita State game or the Houston game. Um, and Penny even said in his post-game press conference mm-hmm. today, which I just finished watching, um, they wanted to play the Houston game on Thursday, and then mm-hmm. they wanted Houston to come here Sunday. And the conference didn't set it up that way. Unfortunately. That's just the way it's going to crumble for Memphis. But like Penny said, what Monday during his radio show, he said that our team controls our own destiny. And for us to make the NCAA tournament, I'm telling you right now, I saw a tweet from Mark Giannato, who has also uh, been on the show before, and he's uh, a co-host for uh, one of y'all's midday shows. Yeah, Giannato and Jeffrey. Giannato and Jeffrey. Uh, I saw him tweet earlier. He said that, if this Memphis team does make the tournament, they're going to give people yeah. fit because of how good that defense is. Mm-hmm. And I think all of us are just sitting on pins and needles right now to see what can happen. Cause after we started six and five, this mm-hmm. team like looks uh, today, this team looks completely different from the way they started this season. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud to say that not only as a fan, but as somebody who just watches basketball that Penny is Penny deserves a lot of credit here. Um, and y'all, y'all, uh, over there for the, uh, at 92.9 are probably one of the most pro penny, uh, shows, uh, somewhat. I know, I know, I know, uh, Jason Smith is very pro penny and, uh, John, mm-hmm. John wants, uh, penny to be successful as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I really expect this team to make a run if they, if they don't fall short to Houston yeah. on Sunday, which it's likely, but it, it, it's not impossible for them to go win. Yeah. yeah. I think they will make a run in the conference tournament. And mm-hmm. I think, I think they can make the, the NCAA tournament this year. I mean, that was the goal to start the year anyways, make the NCAA tournament. I've yeah. heard John Martin say on y'all show multiple, multiple times. Yeah. All we want is a dang tournament appearance. It's been That's since it. my, yeah. my senior year of high school was the last time we made the NCAA tournament. Yeah, so super young. Yeah. yeah. I'm 25. But it feels like a lifetime, you know. God, and I, I, I just, I just want it. I want it to 
I want Penny to be successful. I want this team to get back on track to where we were when I was growing up, um, mm-hmm. when John Calipari was coaching here. And then even Pastner. Pastner, I know, didn't make it past this, uh, to the second weekend of the tournament ever, but he mm-hmm. still made the NCAA tournament. We just need that consistency back here. Um, yeah, that was all. I, everything you said, I agree with. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, to change change subjects here, the Grizzlies. Um, hey, gotta real, be- real quick, Brady, I want to say something about the Houston thing. So yeah. Also, I heard that that Houston supposedly did not like the idea as well to play that Thursday game as well. So something's going on regarding all this stuff. But uh, I don't even know what story to believe at times. To be honest with you, regarding I think the commissioner. To be honest with you. He has his favorites, and he does not have his favorites. Think about it. We're not even publicized enough on the American Conference Twitter feed mm-hmm. while the other teams like Tulsa, Cincinnati, and all them get all the love, and we don't get all and no love at all. But uh, that's just yeah. my story regarding the Houston yeah, schedule. It, it, you brought up Tulsa. It's just a really sore subject with us right now. They should have beat Tulsa. I mean, plain and simple. You beat Tulsa even without DeAndre Williams or whatever your situation is. Um, and I can't even remember if they had him at that point. But you just got to win those one of those games, um, and that would have helped the whole situation. So, Brandon, you're sort of synthesizing that whole Tigers topic. I think just win, baby. And, and you heard the calls Friday because you, you called in to the radio station. I, the callers said it and basically wrapped the bow on it. That's how the listeners feel too, you know. And I think one of the cool things that's happened, it seems like, now that we see this team all together – and uh, there's a possibility, and it's not likely, by the way, that we make the NCAA tournament at this point. But, um, you know, it seems like the market is – Memphis is sort of behind Penny again, excited and optimistic and just hopeful that they can just win and then make a, a run in the tournament and maybe make an NCAA appearance. Who's – like, real quick before we talk about the Grizzlies, who has – as a card basketball fan – I agree with Rob on yeah. this point here. He says – What's he say? Go ahead, Brian. Okay. Houston does not want to play a hot Memphis team uh, twice in three days. They Rob, have nothing to Rob, Rob Meredith just commented on our post, and he said, Houston does not want to play a hot Memphis team. Brandon, I think you're going in and out, but uh, he said Houston does not want to play a hot Memphis team twice in three days. They have nothing to gain, everything to lose, especially due to seating purposes, Brad. I think you know yeah. Houston has you know for that too, but uh, no, that's a good point talk- by Rob, yeah, he's and he's exactly right, and Houston is getting what they want. Uh, they've clearly got a lot more pull with the American and with Oresco. And Oresco is looking out, it looks like, at this point for uh, Houston and Wichita State, is his three conference teams that are going to go to the NCAA tournament as at-large teams. And then Memphis is going to probably have to make a run here in the tournament, in their own conference tournament. So, yeah, right. good point, Rob. Brad, do you have a, like, are you surprised by any teams across the country right now in college basketball, like your disappointments and your surprises? Yeah, I mean, I think that the the obvious ones are Duke. Like Duke uh, played a game the other night, had a chance to win, and and didn't take advantage of the Louisville game at home. And looks like they they may not make the tournament, but they're going to have a lot more opportunities. They're going to have some more opportunities here in their own conference tournament. Um, so Duke 
is one of them that creeps up in, in, in mind. Uh, Kentucky is an obvious one. You know, Kentucky not making an NCAA tournament this year. You know, the other one that a lot of people have talked about is Vanderbilt. You know, that that's a team with Jerry Stackhouse coaching that just hasn't gotten there yet. The surprise on the opposite end of the spectrum is Michigan. I mean, they're just – they look fantastic. The Big Ten as a whole looks fantastic. So, you know, the ACC in general, some surprise teams on the on the – the bad side, and then the Big Ten on the good side. I'd say. I'm 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 happy for Josh Pastor. That's how he's won 14 games this year. Uh, that's one of my surprises, yeah. to be honest with you. We got Brandon back. And, Can you hear us, Brandon? There we are. We were just I'm talking back. about uh, some more college basketball. Back. Yeah. I was just asking Brad, like, who's your surprise? Sorry about this. As I was. Gotcha. Yeah, I was like, I brought up Josh Pastor because he's won 14 games. And ever since Memphis days, he's won like a top 25 game year in, year out. And look at him beating Virginia Tech last week, and he can beat Duke now. And I'm kind of, like Rob said, I am kind of disappointed down the stretch in this Tennessee Vols. Five and six in the last 11 Yeah, games. that's a good one. That, that Rob, like, very, very good. Good team to bring up. You know, Tennessee looked like world beaters early on. Now – Listen, a lot of things are, are going to play out in these conference tournaments. I mean, we act like the end-all, be-all is the regular season, and it is, especially for a team like Memphis that is in a weaker conference. But mm-hmm. the SEC conference tournament is going to be really fascinating to watch. I mean, I, I could actually see a scenario where a Tennessee goes out and wins that tournament. Maybe Arkansas playing great bat. Arkansas is another surprise, playing great basketball, beating Alabama yeah. the other night. And it, it's funny because – so, Brad, I know uh, – I believe your wife's a Mississippi State alum, right? Yeah, that's that's why I follow. Mississippi so State I, played a good game against Alabama last night. I mean, yeah, they did. They gave them a scare, and they, and they came up short. But I'll be honest with you, Mississippi State basketball is very frustrating to watch. No, you know, sure. I don't know how much Mississippi State basketball you've watched, but um, you know Ben Hallen, we we tried the uh, the Ray way, and there was no way. Um, <laughs> so he left, and they they brought you know they they tried this way, and it's. Ben Hallen just has been a disappointment, I think. Uh, had some huge recruits, NBA prospects, lottery picks, I mean, just great players, and just cannot break through. So I, I don't I don't see Mississippi State getting there. Maybe I'm just frustrated. They give these teams a run. They'll go knock off an old Miss. They'll make a surprise winner there, but you know, right around 500. It's just, you know. But And so if you're a Tennessee fan, you're a lot more optimistic than you are if you're a Mississippi State fan because, you know, Look at what they've done. Now, Tennessee has done some big things. Mississippi State, I, I just, I'm not very hopeful. <laughs> well, Brad, look at Ole Miss. You know, they're 14 and nine now after the last night they lost to Vanderbilt. Yeah. And I thought Kermit Davidson year, whatever he, whatever year he's in, to be honest with you, would yeah. be like the Middle Tennessee. I know the Middle, the conference yeah. is totally different between the conference USA and SEC, mm-hmm. but still, Kermit Davis has done a good job recruiting. With Matthew Mar- Matthew Morell, uh, yeah. Antoine Collin that played at Bartlett, but I'm like, you don't lose the. I mean, nothing against Jerry yeah. Stackhouse. Like you, I, I just think you're going to have those games. That's why I talked about the SEC tournament is going to be a weird tournament because you're going to have a Vandy knockoff their first round team they're not favored against, and some and they go beat all Ole Miss on the road like that. Um, I think Kermit's done a pretty good job. I don't know what y'all think. I, I think he overall better than Mississippi State in the last three years. Decent recruiting, which historically had, I don't remember them recruiting like this. Um, they used to get sort of, you know, these guys that, that were sort of middle of the pack and then coach them up and they were, you know, but we'll see. I, I like Kermit. 
Yeah. All right, Brandon, go ahead with the Grizzlies. Um, yeah, so Brad kind of switch over from college basketball. We'll go talk about some Grizzlies a little bit. So what Thursday night, they had a 28-point win against the Clippers. Oh. Nobody expected it. Um, and then Friday, you turn around and you're like, all right, cool. We're gonna yeah, uh, uh, we, we we're on a roll. And uh we find out that Justice Winslow's sitting out that night, uh, mm-hmm. first time off of a back-to-back returning from injury, which I thought was weird because the guy sat out for almost two years. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, it, I mean, I couldn't expect much, much more from the Grizzlies. Uh, you got a 20, you got a 20-something, 20 28-point win the night before. The Clippers are one of the best teams in the NBA. Kawhi yeah. Leonard, Paul George, those guys. But the most exciting part for me, me was John Morant getting thrown out of the game. Uh, it, yeah. it was, uh, I mean, it, I think it hyped his teammates up a little bit. And seeing a young guy like that with that just grit inside of him, that reminds me, it, I feel like he's got that Zebo mentality. It's me versus everybody, yeah. but it's my team before the rest of every, like anybody yeah, else. Which, um... Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about the Morant um, getting tossed moment first, and then we'll go to the other things, beating the Clippers in sort of the Grizzly season, if you don't mind, and, and Winston. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, Winslow. Um, on, on on Morant, I think this moment has been coming all season because he clearly has been – there have been quite a few what fans would call missed calls at the rim. The kid's mm-hmm. driving a lot, and he's going to get fouled, and he's just not getting these fouls for whatever reason. And clearly LeBron's getting him. We saw it in the Los Angeles game where LeBron got warned for flopping. Like, LeBron, if you blow on LeBron, like LeBron's going to get the call. But, listen, that comes with being LeBron James. I think Justice, goat. <laughs> it's going to take little micro moments like this from Morant until we get there. And he's not going to get some calls. He'll start getting more calls, I think. But it's just part of part of it, it seems like. This is one of the reasons why I probably like college basketball more than the NBA sometimes. It's like – I get me personally, I, I get a little sick of watching the broadcast and seeing dialogue between players and referees. Maybe it's because it's the old referee in me, but it's like it just I, you know, whatever. Like, okay, so he didn't he didn't get the call, he got thrown out, they lost the game. But the, the Clippers win was really exciting. And I think when we watch the NBA, we have to watch it differently in Memphis than we do the Tigers. And we're passionate about both of those teams. One of them is just going to get a ton more at-bats, especially here in the second mm-hmm. half of the season. The Grizzlies, we're just going to see a, a bunch of basketball. And, frankly, I think it's going to be 500-ish, and we're going to go nights where it's like, you know, beat the Clippers, lose to the Clippers, especially when you mm-hmm. see back-to-back games. And it's just going to be a little different than your normal view of a, of a basketball team. And then the third point on, on Justice Winslow, I'll be honest with you, I – I thought they were, were playing us a little bit when they trotted Winslow out at the beginning of the month and they and they had him say, I will be back this month. I'm like, okay, this month means like uh, the 28th. And yeah, sure yeah. enough, they, they, <laughs> they, they got us there uh, a little a little ahead of schedule, which was exciting. And listen, he was a little rusty, but I, I thought he looked way better. I, I thought he'd – and maybe it's Chandler uh, Parson uh, post-traumatic yes. syndrome. Um, yes, but PTSD from Chandler Parson. Yeah, and I think PTSD is 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 rampant among Grizzlies fans at this point because we we suffered through three years of the the Parsons debacle, yes. and so I think we need to scrap that at least now and and we start with he's not Chandler Parsons and that we've got a real player here and he's just once he gets his fitness I mean he he can lock down Kawhi and we saw it in spurts where we got a real player here possibly. Yeah, you talked about the Grizzlies. I mean, my biggest pet peeve right now is defense with the Grizzlies because they're yeah. averaging. 
114.7 on defense in the last 11 games. But like you said, Brad, the second half of the season, they got seven nights of back-to-back games. And then that longest road trip of the season is going to be from April 16th to 26th, where they got at mm-hmm. Chicago, um, at Denver, at the Clippers, and then Portland twice. And then this is a tough road trip altogether, you know, from 416 yeah. to 426. And they'll be flying cross country back, like from west to east, up to the Midwest, yeah. you know, you name it. So that's going to be a tough second half of the season. But uh, my question is, though, to you, who do you think could be on like a trading block for the Grizzlies if we do make a trade? Yeah, I mean, this is a Grizzlies favorite thing, right? We put trade scenarios up on Twitter and kind of uh, talk about this on a daily basis in Memphis. It, it's fun because I actually thought. Um, Grizzly Bear Blues, um, I, I think it, one of their guys tweeted this the other day, and I thought he was right, and I forget which one. They've got a great staff over there, but he was talking about um, – I think it was Mullinax. Um, he tweeted that he thinks that basically the Grizzlies are going to play off this season sort of managing the load of various players in different ways, get to the end of the season where the value of some of these dudes that they'll be trading for is lower, the price is lower, and then maybe try to make a move. And I think that the pieces are the obvious ones. Um, I think that it's Dylan Brooks is, is the lead dog in the possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Clark has clearly been in that conversation as a tradable asset and a good one um, and a fan favorite, you know, and then you've got a myriad of guards and, you know, obviously uh, Gorgie, you could get him in there. His contract is, is there's a lot of money involved with Gorgie. So, um, he might be part of that package. And then obviously picks, you know, I, I, you know, if you can hang around 500 like this, I don't think that there's a real urgency as the Grizzlies go through this season to make a trade now. And I think that's kind of where we landed at because for a while there, and I was guilty of it for the first half of the season, we'd been going, we're a tank team. And then you'd see them yeah. blow out the Clippers and you're like, yeah, we're not a tank team. We're 500 again. You know, it's like, um, and then you go back to wait, it's just not as fun and sexy, but I think a couple of guys made this point. We don't have a, a, you know, bunch of fans in the stadium because of the COVID restrictions and because people are just leery about going out in general. So I think they're going to wait until the off season probably and see what we have, get through the season, try to manage the health risk, especially with, with Jaron. You know, I asked Mark, I think, or one of the guys, when do they think we'll see Jaron? And I think that's an important question. I think we'll, we may see, what, 15 to 20 games with Jaron by the end of the season, and so we're looking at, what, mid-March. I'm not too convinced he's going to be coming back this year. I've um, said that. I wondered it too, but the, the guys at the station that I talked to are all sort of like, no, nah, you got to see him. I, I'm, I'm kind of with you, but I go back and forth on it. I, I, I'd be interested in seeing what that front office is thinking, though. I do, I do want to see him back. Um, yeah. And we'll push to our final subject uh, with interview. And Brad, thank you again for coming on, guys. Uh, listeners, please listen to 9290 ESPN throughout uh, the middays, uh, mornings, afternoons with Gary Parrish. Um, uh, they're a great Memphis radio station. We need to support them locally. Uh, so the last you. thing I want to get into is uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. I see you're wearing your Cardinals red right now. Um, yeah, we got it going on. Uh, yeah, yeah. We kind of let off uh, <laughs> with uh, the, their first spring training game today. But I want to talk to you about the addition of Nolan Arenado. Um, no. You being a local St. Louis guy, um, me, my grandfather worked for Anheuser Busch for 34 years. Uh, he worked at Deacon Alley over off of Crump, mm-hmm. uh, and that's kind of how I got into being a Cardinals fan growing up and going to Redbirds games. 
Um, sure. But uh, the addition of Nolan Arenado, the Cardinals went from probably second place in the Central to a perennial World Series contender just with one guy. Um, and mm. I just wanted to get like, what are your hopes for the Cardinals season? And what do you think they're going to do as far as possible future moves or at second base? Yeah, good question. Uh, and, and after watching a first preseason game, I get to be super careful here because I'm Mr. Overreaction, especially after watching oh, yeah. the first preseason uh, Cardinals game where you get to uh, you get to do rollover innings. And mm. Jack Flaherty is their number one and looked awful today just could not you know now there were a couple of weird calls and stuff but they got him out of there after you know less than 25 pitches you know so they've got that Arenado played today and then they get him out of there after a couple innings same with Goldschmidt so I got to be real careful because these spring training games are strange I mean they, oh, yeah. they don't manage these games at all close to and they get all the rookies in um having said all that they're super young and I do think that they need to figure out what they're going to do early and often with their pitching staff. I think that the lineup is what it is, starting with the pitching. I'm just glad that the Flaherty thing, they got the arbitration thing done. I, I just mm -hmm. hope that Flaherty's not pissed at them and they can sign him long term because I think he's really good despite what happened today. Um, so Flaherty, I think, is their number one. I, I think that signing Yachty made sense and Wayno looked looked pretty good. And they, they are really high on Reyes. You know, they're high on Cabrera. They're high on their closer. Um, you know, yeah. so the pitching look, I think they need to figure out what their pitching roles are and solidify those roles. So they need to shore up the pitching roles and figure that out. I think there's a lot of bodies there. Like I'm a big Arkansas baseball fan. I've watched them at the college level because I have a friend whose kid's on the team. And it's hey, the same they're thing. Be, got, they're going to be number one in the country come tomorrow. Yeah, this week Arkansas will be number one, by the way. And I love them. And I'm biased, though. But Ole Miss lost a couple this weekend, and so did State. So um, State lost to Tulane early. But much like that team, I think the Cardinals need to figure out their roles. They got a bunch of arms and get that solidified. Now, second base is interesting. I think they're going to go with Edmund, and then they're going to use Carpenter as like a you know sub in DH and then do the double switch thing using him at second base. So it's going to be those two. And then obviously shortstop, third base, first base, and catcher you've got. And then you got all mm -hmm. these young outfielders. You know, I, I did think that the the move to get rid of Fowler um, to to the Angels, or I think he went to the Angels, um, yeah. and they just basically just said go. I thought that was really smart to kind of free that up because I can never figure out who was the odd man out when they would just sit Fowler in right field, and then you'd have Bader. You know, um, so the outfield looks pretty good. I think those are two good points you brought up, though, second base and pitching. And I, I think they just need to figure it out at pitcher and get the roles. And that's what spring training is going to be for. Yes, sir. Yeah. My baseball question uh, is going to be, where's Colt Wong going to end up? He went to the Brewers. Oh, yeah, he's he's he signed with yeah. the Brewers. Yeah, he signed a free agent. He got paid pretty good for the Brewers. And he had a really – if you get a chance to go back, uh, Colt Wong on social media put a really nice – sort of a video tribute out to the Cardinals. It was it was really classy. Um, you guys might have seen me tweet this as a major Cardinals fan. I, I Much like Chandler Parsons as a Grizzly, I have PTSD with Colton Wong because I was at the Red Sox game where Colton Wong got picked off first base oh, in the no. World Series. You so were like, at that game? I was at the game with my dad, and I think it was 2013, right? And mm -hmm. you have this moment – where you're like, well, maybe we're going to make a run here. And I realized the odds were stacked against them at that point in the series. But I, 
for whatever reason, I can never get past it. I just keep seeing Colt Wong getting picked off at first base over and over again. And, I, and then I see what Edmund does, and I'm like, just get rid of him. <laughs> but, I mean, I want to go back and do a little bit of NBA talk. I got a question regarding the NBA right now. Well, it's sure. a two-part question. Probably my last NBA question. But uh, first of all, I'm in favor of expanding the NBA rosters for the All-Star break to 15 players, like a yeah. lot of people talked about this past week. Because uh, for one, Devin Booker, I'm not saying Devin Booker's had a bad season, but Devin Booker did play, take place at AD, yeah. where uh, I think our uh, our fan favorite Mike Conley should have been in mm. that position, because the way that Utah Jazz has played their season so far up to date. Mm. Uh, so my other question regarding that Utah Jazz is: Are they your kind of favorite so far that surprises you in basketball NBA? Yeah. Um... They are a surprise to me, and I love Mike Conley. I, I'm probably like you guys, where I, I just really love him as a player, given all he did for Memphis, mm-hmm. and um, I'm with you. I think they should have expanded it to 15, because if you think about it, if they expand it to 15, Ja probably doesn't still get in, unfortunately. I know we really would love to see Ja in an all-star uniform in year two. It's oh, just yeah. not in the cards. Um, and, and in, in, in fact, looking at the snub list, people haven't even put him on snub list. That's not me snubbing Ja. Like I'd put him in starting guard if I could, but he's just given everything in the shooting percentage, but I do think Mike would be in there. And man, you know, for, I, we talk about this all the time that multimillionaires, it's hard to hurt for them. But in this case, you know, the guy did everything the Grizzlies asked of him, you know, he ran through the tape even was classy, went went to Utah, had a rough year, works himself back, and then has this great team year, I, I would have loved to see him in, and, and that's why I'd love to see 15 in, because I think he probably would have been. After after they did the substitution for Anthony Davis, um, you know, it looks like he might have might have made it. So what do you guys think? I think I think Mike Conley deserved to be in, to be honest with you. Like you said, you know, the way that Utah Jazz is right now, is number one in the West, and they've only lost like six or seven games. Yeah. And, you know, they're having a heck of a year. The thing is about Utah, they're like we have talked about in the past, Brandon, will Utah make probably make it past the first round and make it to the second round and, you know, et cetera. And it's the same thing with the Denver Nuggets and Will Barton and uh, Jokic at Denver. But, uh, Brad, yeah. you know, my, we need to have uh, Jason Smith be a Cardinals fan for the rest of the season, okay? It's never happening. Well, I've Jason tried. Smith, Jason Smith's <laughs> going to be a Cardinals fan. Yeah. yeah, Jason Smith is a Cubs fan, and that's okay. Uh, it, it's funny. I think my friend Donnie Mars, he tweeted the other day, um, he's something about Wrigley Field. And it, and it said, there's no place like Wrigley Field. And I put on there the house that Theo built because <laughs> – Theo Epstein had more yeah. success than, than the previous 100 years. So yeah. um, obviously, you know, the Cubs Cardinals thing is super fun. Going to Wrigley is super fun too. And, you know, giving it to Cubs fans is a lot of fun. I, I'm always hesitant to do that though, because it always, you know, it's back and forth every year right now with the, the Cubs and they're, they seem to be good. It, obviously they're supposed to be rebuilding, but I will see it, you know. Jason Jason's never going to become a Cardinals fan, though. Sorry. Jason knows me and Brandon Dinner. That's why we're just trying to get okay. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey, Brad, thank you for joining us. Um, we really enjoyed the conversation. We'd love to have you back on sometime. Absolutely. Uh, uh, friends of the show, please listen to 92.9 FM ESPN Monday through Friday. They cover yeah, the yeah. Grizzlies games. There's the plug. Um, yeah, listen to the station. Give, give us a listen, 92.9. We're on radio.com, too. There's the plug. 
Hey, yes, Brad, sir. I love what y'all do also for other shows that are on the ESPN market as well, because whenever I get off work at 5 o'clock, I love listening to Jay Will and all of them, and Zubin yeah. and all of them. I appreciate what y'all do for that. And like I said, I appreciate everything that y'all do for the city of Memphis as well. Oh, because, quick, you know, quick, quick plug on yeah. that point. Tomorrow, uh, Keyshawn Johnson's on Jason and John show at 125. So Okay, okay. Um, well, there we go. Got some yeah, breaking news. So, to your to your <laughs> thought, Jonathan, uh, Keyshawn's yeah. going to be on the midday show tomorrow. We just got that together, so that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Well, Brad, thanks again uh, for me and John. This has been the Four Star Sports Show. Y'all have a great day. Thank you, guys. And fans, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. Follow them. Follow them. There you go. Thank you, guys. Have a good evening. Okay.